Fans, it's time once again for us to take you on our Odyssey quest to see every single match that we can that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher and assess it in a modern context. Yes, it's Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host Lorcan Mullen and with me as always is my co-host Simon Cross. And we are going to do our second Joshi wrestling match today. We've just gone back, we've just come back from the States after our first sojourn there to watch a couple of Barry Windham and Ric Flair matches and what we could have a Fantastics against the Sheep Herders match. And now we're back in All Japan Women and Linus Asuka, who we saw in the previous show back in 1985, is challenging yet again for the main title, the WWWA singles title. But it's against not a heated rival like in Jaguar Kota, but in a beloved tag team partner as the Crush Gals take on one another as Linus Asuka challenges Jigusa Nagayo. And to give you an idea, this is kind of Joshi's equivalent of, like, the Mega Powers exploding, in a way. Although, they never actually, like, hated each other, as we'll talk towards the end of the match. Although, you could trick us if you watched just the match. Anyway, (laughs) Simon, uh, knowing now that you knew more of what to expect with this match, having watched the Yokota Asuka match, which I think both of us rated until the Ric Flair-Barry Windham match as the best of all the matches we've watched so far... Yeah, it's currently um, sitting in position two. Yeah, at... after the January 1987 show that was live and in colour. Um, what did you think of this match then as a follow-up to Yokota Asuka? Oh, if I'm, be- if I'm being honest, I'm a little bit disappointed compared. I would agree that it was a slight step down. Yeah. Still very good, but a step down. Is that because we knew what to expect this time and we weren't as surprised by the level of brutality, the... The harshness. And you've also got to remember, this is 1986-87. At this time, you know, Hulk Hogan's body slamming Andre the Giant and the Junkyard Dogs wrestling Harley Race over who gets to bow and kneel. So what the what the average wrestling fan is watching compared to what... We, and Big Daddy's still belly bumping against giant haystacks in this country. <laughs> oh, God, we were behind the times. Mm. <laughs> um, it's, it is a weird one because... So is it if we'd seen this match first, would the Yakota Asuka match have disappointed us, or would we have seen that as a better match still? We'd have seen that as a better match still. I, I really think this match was disappointed, not just because of the reasons of I had higher expectations, but um, to go towards the well, to sort of skip forward a little bit towards the end of the match, we're seeing the um, we're seeing the same moves time yeah. and time again. There's a lot of repetition towards the end. I agree with you there. But yeah. is that because of just the the exhaustion? Almost it works within a sense that they just can't beat each other because they've hit them with everything they have and it's still not enough. But I, I'm conditioned, I guess, as a wrestling fan to think when you hit someone with something and it's so not and it's not enough, you try and do a super version of it. Mm. Be it AJ Styles hitting a uh, second rope Styles clash. Uh, be it John Cena's AA off the top rope, uh, be it the pulling down of the knee um, in the Gagano Champa feuds. I understand where you're coming from. Like, like you know, in the previous Dakota Asuka match, it built up to Asuka doing the giant swing. In this match, she does it three times. Yeah. 
Um, and by time number three, it's just like oh, it just it flattens the it flattens the tempo of the match in my opinion. The match is also about ten minutes longer, I would say. In total, the match is about I think it's thirty five minutes because there's a you know we'll give the finish away. It ends in a time limit draw at thirty minutes, and then they have a five minute overtime, which still ends in a draw. Yeah, not then very it's... well. It wasn't very well communicated. No, um, well, as I mean, well, we're, we're dealing I... with another language, so. True. <laughs> no. True, but what you always want, and one of the things I do praise WWE for, and this is like little things in production values, you've got to make it so it doesn't matter if I don't know what you're talking about. I can still see what the story is. Um, and WWE do that with their like big clocks on the screen. Yes, it's the 80s, and yes. Well, okay, I mean, I'm being a bit too demanding. I mean, in Japan, production. to be fair, in Japan, they're always giving an update on the time limits. Which is something that the NWA used to do as well. I think you'd hear that during the Ric Flair Barry Windham matches. They yeah. How much time was remaining? And that gets woven into the story. So, so well. to the Japanese audience that it was targeted towards, not to nerdy guys in 2018 or 2019 watching <laughs> it. It's not. It's not the key thing, really. You know. Yeah. No. No. I get. I get where you're coming from. And wrestling wasn't an, as an big much of an international product back then. So let's also say like this is an almost. I say the mega powers explode. This is almost as close as you get to like a fight breaking out between John Lennon and Paul McCartney and it being put on pay-per-view. The screaming girls in the whole match, it's absolutely insane. There's a pitch that never... I don't think has ever been matched in any other match I've watched. Thinking about no, it. It was, like, it was like, like watching them come off the plane when they landed in America. Yeah, it's a, it's a pop concert euphoria that lasts... Through, and, and every time they go for a pin, you realise, oh, wait, there's a higher pitch that they can go to occasionally. Yeah, it, it's just really... They're really charged. They're really into it. We covered it in the last uh, time we talked about Joshi Wrestling. Just It sort of empowers. It, there's like an empowerment going through the arena. You know what I mean? They're just in tune. Like They're just women celebrating women being athletic. I don't know if I'm looking for a deeper meaning beyond what there was. Well, I think, but... well, yeah, I guess maybe another equivalent would be like Jerry Halliwell having a match with M- Mel B or something. Mel Although, B would crush fair, Halliwell. Mel B would absolutely crush Halliwell. Who would win? Like, if they did a G1 Climax Star Ram Robin tournament, who's who's coming top and who's coming bottom? I mean, you, um, your obvious two are the Mel's. You'd think they'd be the top pair. Yeah, I think that's going to be like your G1 final. I think Mel B won. Mel C, two. So they'd be in the playoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Christ, the last But then, three. then, you know, like, I think Emma could be like... Emma, 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 could, Emma could be like Trixie and catch them in like an inside cradle or something yeah. somewhere. I'd she'd say like, Emma... She'd be like the uh, Kyrie Sane of the, yeah. <laughs> of the tournament. <laughs> uh, Emma third. Um... Oh, you are going Emma third? Yeah, I I'll go... Jerry... I think Jerry fights dirty. I think Jerry does fight dirty, but I don't know. I I I, I like a baby maybe face. Victoria. Maybe they'll all trade a win each, so they like, yeah. they've all got a record of like one and four, whereas Mel B and Mel C, it's like three two four, uh, like three one four nil or something. Yeah. Like that. Um. Yeah, I'd have. I also a, don't think, I also don't think it would necessarily be just girls in the crowd for that. Um, no, you know? no, no. That that caters to all uh, to all genders. I would say. <laughs> It is funny, actually. Uh, one thing I did notice, like, there's about five-person commentary team. 
it seems. And, and one lady's allowed to talk occasionally. <laughs> it's like, and now for our panel on diversity, four white men. <laughs> yes, I think you did that gag before. I did, but it still stands. <laughs> um, it's uh, five men too much. Yeah. Just, God, God, we we've complained about three man boobs before. Um, when we covered World of Sport, and yeah. Jesus, five is just. A car wreck. There seemed to be a very excited young girl on on commentary right at the start. It almost sounded like she'd invaded the commentary booth (laughs) or something. Like Arsenal fan TV. Mm. Um, So, like a lot of these Japanese matches, it starts off with a striking exchange and it being very intense to start off with and then going to the mats. Um, And the key thing I've noticed throughout all of this is it seems that Nagayo was described by Dave Meltzer. I'm just getting up his little... Because she was inducted into the Wrestling Observer Hall. Like I said in the previous one, Jaggy Kota was inducted in the original class of 96, uh, where there were 122 entrants of just like all the history of wrestling. So that's a, that's a hell of a compliment in itself. Yeah. Um, Nagaya was inducted the very next year with only seven or eight other wrestlers. The other people that he was in, indu- she was inducted with were Edouard Carpien- Carpentier, Toshiaki Kawada, who we'll come to in a future episode, uh, Jimmy Lennon, who was a key figure of the Mexican uh, wrestling scene, I believe. Uh, oh, he was an announcer, I believe. Uh, William Muldoon, uh, was a huge name in the 1880s, a big, big figure in the working of wrestling. Um, El Hijo del Santo, who's one, basically the big like wrestling star. Well, yeah. he's like Jesus. El, El Santo is God. El Hijo del Santo. <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, but Jesus was the physical embodiment of God, not to get all theological. So yeah, yeah, all right, all right, all right. I went to Catholic school as well, mate. I know, I know the. Well, I didn't. I'm just saying, and I know bonkers <laughs> religion. Uh, when Nagaya was in, and to give you an idea as well, when Nagaya was inducted into this Hall of Fame, she was only 32. Um, she and and also these. So at this point, I think the women are. So if she was 32 in 97. Yeah, but you got to remember her, that would put her age at this point at 23. Yeah, so she only had three years left on her career if you follow yeah. the people retiring at 26 mantra she, we've got. She started wrestling when she was a teenager, like she was 16, 15 or so. So she's got like eight years experience at this point. She's You've got, got to much, wonder. She's got as much experience as Steve Austin did when he won the WF Championship for the first time. You have to wonder, especially most recently with Paige going through her spinal stenosis and having to retire at so young, considering she started um, in her teenage years. Like, you've got to wonder what the health of these women are like. It does worry me sometimes. Um, uh, like, I've said, like, the one that worries me the most, to be honest, is Sasha Banks. Because I think I might have said on this before, she takes Mick Foley bumps at times. But she does not have Mick Foley's surface area right. to absorb all of the impact of those bumps, which worries me. Yeah, and you look time. at how Mick walks now. Mick yeah. took stupider bumps. Yeah, like guess maybe because they knew they were like they were only going until twenty six in a way that Mick Foley. I mean, Mick Foley retired at the, like I'm now older than Mick Foley was when he retired and i know he came back but he's never come back to any kind of frequency after that no he never like no, if, when he retired from full time he, he must have wrestled like over a thousand matches maybe two thousand three thousand matches when he retired and since then i doubt he's wrestled a hundred yeah so Which is, again i don't think he could do anymore because no, of the health issues yeah of course not but um, yeah, so Chigusa, maybe one of the reasons that nageo and and Asuka are so reckless and and 
harsh to themselves. And it's because they knew. It's because they knew they didn't have much time, so they might as well make the most of it. I suppose. Um, you just got to think that's not like a healthy attitude to have, though, considering no, what we know not. now. Of course not, but it wasn't a healthy culture in, in wrestling at that point in Japan's dojo systems. Or anywhere in wrestling at that time. Wrestling was still in its drink and drug, like, problem. I mean, there's more reading into the Joshi culture, and the majority of Joshi wrestlers at that time were on a strict salary of $500 a month. That's not a lot for what they're doing. Now, the Crush Girls themselves were able to make, it's believed they made up to about $400,000 a year. I'll be the merchandising. Yeah, merchandising and the pop careers like i said they had top 10 hits in the charts around this time um but they they don't look like pop stars they look like athletes in this match yeah and they are going all at it um again like the previous match asuka seems to me to be the large wrestler and she's wrestling heel even though she seems just as almost as loved by the fans as Nagaya was I'd say she's slightly more she gets slightly more of a cheer oh no I disagree I think Nagaya was she gets the most cheers when there's like a declaration at the end yeah but I was wondering if that was like who did you think won this match because she swallows up the large majority of the uh, offense in this match I saw it as and maybe that's yeah. again the challenger trying to win it from the champion so there's more of a desperation and there's more you know Nagayo's playing defense whereas for a lot of the match Asuka's playing offense yeah and often um, when you've got a really like popular person as champion you've got to make them look dominant you can't have a popular like champion well, you know, who isn't dominant it doesn't really uh, work I don't I don't know if I entirely agree with that because the whole, you know, I mean, Hulk Hogan got his ass kicked for most of the matches that he's having, and then he just makes his big comeback at the end. I know what you mean. I know. Yeah, but they know from. that's coming. That's like yeah, saying, I know what you're oh, Popeye from. gets a lot of like um, abuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah then the spinach comes. Well, you got to keep you got to keep him strong, haven't you? Um, yeah. But yeah, Nagayo is she she. It seemed that Asuka was this. Well, Asuka literally won the test of strength in the match, so she was being portrayed as the stronger one, and she seemed to have the harder kicks and strikes. And Nagaya was maybe the better mat wrestler of the two yeah. in the match, although both I, could I, do. You know, I have it as Nagaya goes to the mat to try and negate the power from Asuka, but she's got that inside knowledge of like I know she's powerful. She's yeah. I wrestle with her, yeah. so I'm going to try and go round that. When she finally gets a bit of control in the match is when she gets slaps her in a slaps um, Asuka in a Boston Crab, and then she turns it into a bow and arrow submission. Great, um, trans- it was a decent transition as well in terms of like she didn't waste any time between those two moves. Mm. Sometimes when like, they kick out of one move, there's always like this. It, it breaks down a little bit. There's there's not there's not a smoothness, but there was a smoothness to how they got from one move to the next for the most part of the match. There's one point when Nagayo gets sent out of the ring by Asuka and she literally sprints back into the ring because she doesn't want anything to do with the outside. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that. And then I noticed that one Asuka finally gets to do a tope pretty much exactly at the 20 minute mark. And then the match, then the then the intensity even gets kicked up another notch in what they're doing. Like every move is pretty much followed by a pin at this point. And this is one of the notes I had: so many moves. <laughs> they just like every. It's like um, I get criticised when I play uh, WWE 2K19 and stuff because I'm apparently 
trying to win too much and it's not fun because I will go for pins after each move towards the end. And I have been castigated for that. Um, and I, I, well, obviously when you're playing a video game, you play to win, but I actually see the point that where they're coming from after watching this match a little bit because, yes, the whole point is to convey that this is a serious, serious athletic contest, but... What makes you think one more move is going to make the difference if they've been kicking out so many times? The psychology takes a little bit of a I think as much... Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I think as much of it is the exhaustion's kicking in and they w- just want the match to be over and so they're going for a pin out of desperation as much as anything. Yeah, that, that I know is... what you mean. There's like... Because, like... Yeah, I know what you mean, but I, I, I think I disagree a bit. And like, we're, coming at, we're coming at it different sides of the coin. And I they're think, both man. fighting at it. Like, one of my favourite bits is when Nageo goes for... Uh, or Asuka... I might get this wrong way around... One of them goes for a figure four, and the other one is literally holding sort of the triggering leg. So it's the leg's in the four, but he haven't got the the leg down on the ankle that yeah. sort of presses onto the straight leg. And the other guy, the other woman that's in the hold is literally holding that leg up in the air as hard as as much for as long as they can to prevent the the hold from essentially cinching in at that point. Yeah, they have to. They have to make sure they. They make every submission count. There's um, one point where Lioness has got... Um, I, I've, I abbreviate, I'll call her Chigs. Has <laughs> um, oh. got our, our mate Chigs in the um, sharpshooter. She gets to the rope, holds the rope, and is just like, rather than break the hole, she just changes the submission hold and just gets her back into a bow and arrow mm. out of it. Yeah, um, so they keep going on, keep going on, just hitting each other with move after move, you know, pile driver. Uh, they, they, the pile drivers they do, they only go with the knees. There's no sit-out pile drivers. I was quite happy to see. Oh, no, no, there are several pile drivers. Sorry, that was, but they're yeah. like conventional pile drivers, not like that. There, there was a sit-out, sit-out one. There, there were sit-out pile drivers, but not yeah. like the tombstone. Not like jumping ones, And yeah. also, to be fair, there wasn't any uh, suplex to the outside so, like, the worst of the worst moves that we saw in the last one weren't there, really. No. No one got absolutely dumped onto concrete. So I made a note of when the time limit expires at the 30-minute point with Asuka in control, and now the men are talking. <laughs> <laughs> that all the suits go in the ring, and it's like... Also, what did you think of the... Um, I, I don't know why I've made quite a lot of notes about referees so far, but this referee has an unconventional counting position where he goes down to one knee mm. i don't know if you noticed that it was just an interesting pose usually they're sort of lying on their sides like the yeah earl hebner nick patrick position or they'll slide into position yeah or they're on like all four knees but this guy just goes down to one knee i don't know why but i just noticed it maybe his uh, knees are a little bit shot and he can't or one is in particular yeah. yeah yeah it's a little bit of a so yeah the 30 minutes expires and this was a this was a classic of a staple of ecw of the five more minutes request yeah and they do go into overtime with the fans chanting for chigusa so it's clear that she is like the the baby face i think to me the under uh, of of the two yeah but like they go straight to, and the exhaustion's obvious and i think part of that is because they did have to wait for like several minutes and so the adrenaline just naturally goes from you if you don't go straight into overtime yeah, it's it again, and the flow of the match sort of uh, disrupts is really disrupted by that. I feel it's just because it doesn't. Yeah, the only thing that changes is that there's a clear amount of exhaustion. I don't know how much of that was like intended as the psychology of the match, and how much of that was just they were literally knackered at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the adrenaline has started to drain out of your system, and it's hard to 
Oh yeah, if like if you're doing like a hard session on a treadmill or an exercise bike, and then you you nip to the toilet midway through, and then you try and get back on, you are it's gone, it's just gone. You're not getting back to where you were there. I'll take your word for it. When I get off a treadmill, I stay off a treadmill. I mean, just look at Paula Ratcliffe when she had to yeah. go outside the road. She she, she did, the pace wasn't the same after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they go for another five minutes, but the time limit expires again with no clear decisive winner. Although Asuka is again in control, she was German suplexing. Yeah, um, I have Asuka. Point of the. I don't know if I've written it down correctly. Um, I, I it seemed to me just again from me knowing no Japanese, but just seemed from like uh, facial expressions, body language that Asuka was like the winner on points. Well, it seemed like Asuka was the one because. Because um, Nagao doesn't lose the belt at this point. She vacates it through injury. And I don't know if it's because she couldn't continue on with this match. Yeah. And so, like, Asuka wins it by default, but then she refuses the belt in, in the storyline. Okay. So it, it was obvious, like, the she didn't want to win it that way. The moral sort of victor like... was Asuka, but yeah. Nagao, she didn't beat Nagao, and that's the key. Yeah. It's like the Ric Flair classic thing. He doesn't have to beat you. You have to beat him. She didn't and have to beat Asuka. Asuka has to beat her. Wyndham refers to this um, in one of the matches we cover where he, his post-match promo is, uh, I'm going to beat him and I'm going to beat him one, two, three. I'm not going to like just... Mm. I'm going to beat him cleanly. There's going to yeah. be a clear like clear winner. So I think I don't have any more notes at this point. Uh, it's a very good match. You're not going to get disappointed watching the match. But it's I would good. give it a five-star match. I wouldn't go as far as very good. It, it's good. Mm. It's it's just good. It's it's fine. So would you go? Would you not necessarily? I know we don't like to give our own star ratings, but would you maybe go under four then? My, I I am very confident that my star rating is lower than what your star rating is. Okay. Well, I haven't given it a star rating. But if we were to give it, but if we were to give it, you think yours would be under mine? Yes. Okay, that's fair enough. So that's been the uh, second Joshi match that we've covered. We're going to New Japan for the first time since the Tiger Mask Dynamite Kid match in 1983 that kicked off this series. Although it's also as close as you get again to another interpromotional feud of sorts. As Akira Maeda and the returning Nobuhiku Takada, the man who starred in your least favourite match on this series so far... Uh, defend their IWGP Tag Team Championships against Shiro Koshinaka and one Kiji Muto, one of the biggest names in to our generation of Japanese wrestlers. Um, but until then, if you want to get in touch with me, my name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U W L A for application N for Norman. That's my Twitter handle, email account, X, you know, all those sort of things. If you put at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email account. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, etc., etc. That's where you can find me. Simon? Uh, you can get in touch with me on, on Twitter, where I'm known as Simon Cross Free, uh, so known for the number of big swings we witnessed in this match. I thought we were going to say for the number of stars you'd give this match if you were feeling generous. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> we have a show email address of lmtyspod at gmail.com. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time until the next time. Well, I went to school in Olympia But everyone's the same What do you do with a revolution?